With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Studios, this is The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. This is Bob Hope. Hi, this is. How you doing? The one, hey, uh, you know what? Why this? Call back when you're coherent. The X at 105.9. My guest right now is Pittsburgh's preeminent hockey journalist and a member of the Hockey Hall of Fame from DK Pittsburgh Sports. He is Mr. Electricity, Dave Molinari. Uh, Davey, that win last night is big, but the third period was just a farce, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, you know, not not the biggest one we've seen in this particular building. Uh, you know, there was the one a decade or so ago that, uh, you know, kind of set the standard for absurdity. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, there was, uh, quite a bit, uh, going on, including even some actual hockey. Um, you know, I think the, the Penguins have to be happy that, uh, they found a way to come out of that, uh, period with a win, but they have to be concerned about their, uh, their inability to protect leads, uh, late in the game again. Why won't the league and the refs protect Sid? And for that matter, all of the NHL's better players. I know that's a question without an answer, but the Islanders clearly are targeting Sid. He took a cross-check of the head. And for that matter, they hit Jari every chance they got, too. Sure. And, I mean, I I don't even know that I blame uh, the Islanders for that because, you know, they can be reasonably confident that, that they're going to be able to get away with things like that. It's a way to, uh, not in the case of Jari, but with, with Crosby and uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, the Penguins' other forwards in particular, uh, it's a way to try to neutralize the, the Penguins' advantage in speed and, and skill. Um, you know, so you know, the Islanders are, are doing what uh, they feel they have to to try to survive. And, you know, based on the way the league... Uh, calls things, uh, particularly during the playoffs, you know, they're, uh, <laughs> it's hard to argue with their approach. This was Gino's first game back, and it was a pretty complete effort, wasn't it? Yeah, I, uh, I thought he performed uh, at or above expectations. I mean, he hasn't played uh, much recently, uh, but I thought that, uh, you know, he, he looked, you know, about as good as they could have uh, they could have hoped that he would. You know, he got got two primary assists. They held down his ice time. I think he only played about twelve or thirteen minutes. I assume that will go up. Uh, probably the most encouraging thing in that regard was that he participated in practice today, uh, which meant that you know there were uh, no problems that were caused by him him being involved in, in the game last night. Um, and maybe even the most encouraging thing of all is that he left the rink at the end of practice about a second and a half behind Mike Sullivan, which really indicates that he's pretty much back to being his old self. Yeah, I thought that Sullivan, and we know Sully's a good coach, obviously, 
But when you get a superstar like that back, it's tempting just to throw him out there for the same minutes he traditionally plays. But I think limiting Gina to 12 minutes got more out of him and made the transition for the long run probably a bit easier. Yeah, and I mean, and that's a luxury that uh, that Sullivan has because he has three other, you know, pretty good centers. You know, when you can when you can send lines that are anchored by Crosby, Carter, and Bluger out there, you know, it uh, it reduces the need to uh, to possibly ask too much of Malkin. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it was prudent. I think. Uh, Sullivan was was playing the long game there, and and I think that was the smart thing for him to do. Why has Jeff Carter become the hot hand? Uh, don't get me wrong, Davey. He scored a lot of goals in his career, but but why here and why now after he just was so stagnant in L.A.? That's a really good question. He has certainly outperformed my expectations for him. Uh, you know, in the most striking way is, is with the goal scoring. You know, it, it's pretty ridiculous. You know, he's he's scoring at a Lemieux-like pace lately. And, you know, I don't think you would expect uh, that at any point. Uh, but, you know, he, he's playing well defensively. He's winning face-offs. And last night he was the only uh, Penguin center to finish on the sunny side of 500 on, on face-offs. He's doing a lot more for them than I think reasonably could have been expected of a 36-year-old, although the people in management insist that uh, they're getting exactly what they, what they were hoping for when, when they traded for him. The way that game went, was it fitting that Brand of Tanev got the winner? He just seems to be the guy that should decide a game like that. Um, gee, I don't, I don't know if it's... If it's fitting, but you know he he came by it honestly, and uh, you know that was not necessarily the the kind of goal that I would have expected him to score, whether it was a game winner or not. You know he's a, he's a guy you think of as you know uh, having boundless energy, but he was able to score that goal because he was patient enough to let the puck. Uh, dropped down below the level of the crossbar before he uh, knocked it into the net. And that's, you know, that was a pretty heady play on on his part. So, uh, yeah, you know, and I I guess perhaps the the way the third period went, I I guess maybe it it is fitting that he was uh, the, the guy who ultimately decided the outcome. Then again, he was the guy on the bench telling everyone to calm down, which is, something he's not necessarily noted for. We're talking to Dave Molinari from DKPittsburghSports.com here on the X. How good was Latang last night, and how good has he been in this series? Very and extremely. I mean, yeah, he has been absolutely outstanding. You know, when, when people talk about Chris Latang and the Norris Trophy, they're talking about the Chris Letang that, that you've seen in this series, not the one who makes, you know, uh, decisions on the ice that leave you scratching your head and wondering what he was thinking. Or, I mean, he has just been outstanding all over the ice. Uh, it it might not be the best I've ever seen him play, but but it's on the short list. 
Um, he he is really really playing well, and uh, you know when when you have Chris Letang playing at this level, you know it it might make a lot of things possible that uh, that wouldn't otherwise be. He can uh, he can it's it's almost understating his potential impact when you say that he could be a difference maker. As you know, Davey, talk radio is based on uh, insane hyperbole. And so with that in mind, I ask you, is it possible that Sid's the best 200-foot player ever? Because that block on Nelson to save the game put that idea into my head. I don't know if Connor McDavid, or for that matter, Mario Lemieux, even tries to make that play. Well, in, in the playoffs, uh, perhaps Lemieux would have. And I, I know that there have been a couple of people uh, who have uh, drawn on or made unflattering references to Connor McDavid in uh, in regard to making a, a play of, of that sort. I don't know that that's fair. I, I mean, per, perhaps it's accurate. I you know I don't know that we've seen Connor McDavid in a similar situation to to know how he would react. And you know, until then, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's a, yeah, he's he's a pretty good player. Pretty wonderful hockey player, um, and uh, you know, is Crosby the the best ever? He's you know, you would certainly have to think he's in the conversation. Well, that's just an amazing um, play. Yeah, I mean, it did yeah. save the game clearly. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, but you know, in the context of Crosby, is it amazing? You know, <laughs> I. Yeah, I I stopped being surprised by anything I I see him do. You know, years ago, it's it's there. There's nothing to mind-boggling uh, from him to that. You know, that it makes you wonder. You know, did I really just see him do what he did? Because yeah, you did because you've probably seen it before, and you might well see it again. He's uh. He really is something. Uh, you know, I, I don't know the. I, I would not say he's the most naturally gifted player I've ever seen, but you know, he just might be the best two hundred foot player. I could say at the at the very least, he's uh, he's prominent in that conversation. You mentioned the Penguins' glut at center, and I think Teddy Bluger's having a pretty good series. He's matched up against Barzal some. What's the impact of that line? It's been a long time since the Penguins had a legitimate fourth line. Actually, that line's been on the team for a bit, but for a while it was a third line. But as a fourth line, boy, those guys are just what the doctor ordered, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the kind of fourth line that I think anybody would like to have, but that you really can't count on having in the salary cap era. You know that's that's really a luxury to have a group that's that's that effective that really you you could use in all situations. I mean, I I don't know that I would want to put them out. Uh, you know, double shift them if I'm trying to play from behind and you know get a goal or two. But they can score occasionally. Uh, they certainly can uh, be very effective defensively, as you noted. You know, they've they've gone against Barzal's line. Uh, a lot and uh, done a, a, a very good job uh, against a uh, a pretty productive unit. And yeah, it's uh, 
you know, I guess it's only the arrival of, of Jeff Carter that, that pushed them down the uh, food chain one notch to, to being the fourth line. But uh, they would be a fourth line in name only, certainly not in the, uh, the importance that they have for this team. What's your take on Jari's performance last night? Uh, four goals is too many, but then again, it's tough to play net in the middle of the Battle of Gettysburg. Yeah, that's, you know, it, it's tough. And you, you actually, on, you know, on TV, you might have had a better look at it, uh, at, a, at a lot of what went on than we did in the arena because there were usually bodies in front of or all over him. Uh, but no, I, you know, I, I did, did not hold uh, Jari particularly accountable uh, from what I was able to see for, for the goals that, that were scored. You, you're not often going to score five goals on the Islanders, although I don't think Barlamov gives the Penguins fits the way he does a, a lot of other teams. Uh, but, you know, you're not going to succeed in the playoffs if you make a habit out of, of giving up four. The Penguins are going to have to do better defensively than that. But, you know, it, that's where they could also stand to uh, get a little help from the officials actually calling rules the way they're written to uh, cut down on some of the mayhem that goes on uh, around Jari's crease. I kind of wonder how the Islanders will play tomorrow for Game 4, Davey, because... You know, they, they played the style that emphasized mayhem last night, and they nonetheless lost. I, I kind of wonder what Trotz might be debating in his mind for tomorrow's approach. I think that will be uh, dictated by, you know, how the game starts and specifically who scores the first goal. Uh, you know, if the Islanders are, are able to score first, uh, you know, they can get into that defensive game where they, you know, they uh, clog the neutral zone worse than my arteries and, uh, you know, make it impossible to uh, generate any kind of offense. But if if you make them play from behind and they get a little desperate, perhaps they'd be willing to uh, go down that same physical road as last night and run the risk of, of either, uh, you know, dealing with the, the Penguins' power play or figuring that you know they wouldn't uh, end up having to spend too much time in the box, regardless. So, yeah, as I, as I say, I, th- I think that uh, their approach will be determined by by who gets the first goal. Uh, and finally, uh, this is the swan song. Well, if the Penguins win the series for Nassau Coliseum, and I got a feeling you won't miss that place at all. No, I won't. Uh, you know, they, they've done a, a nice job of renovating it, uh, parts of it. You know, the, the exterior kind of looks like a, some sort of UFO touchdown in Uniondale. And the, the seating area is much nicer than it was in its um, previous incarnation. But uh, as I discovered last night, the, the, the press box, has not been touched as part of this renovation. Uh, it is still, you know, behind a uh, a nicely upgraded veneer. It's still not a very good building, and and no, I, I will not miss it uh, in the least. Davey, is always happy. a pleasure. 
you tore the house down just like we knew you would, and we'll talk again soon. Maybe even see you at some point. Hey, don't want to rule out any possibility, Mark. You take care. That is Dave Molinari from DKPittsburghSports.com. I am Mark Madden. Next hour, we got Colby Armstrong. And I bet he liked that game last night. I bet we argue. 105.9 The X. This is-